You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast following a disheartening, almost unbelievable 5-3 loss for the Ottawa Senators to the Arizona Coyotes. The Sens go 0-2 against the Desert Dogs this season, and we're going to do our best to make sense of it. I'm Ross Levitan. With me as always, Brandon Piller and recurring guest of the postcast at Laleem's Martian as we do each and every postcast. And I'm already seeing some very hot takes coming through the chat. We'll get to those, but Pilsy, your overall impression watching tonight's game. Ross, the Ottawa Senators have now lost seven of their last eight games up against the Arizona Coyotes. And it seems like every time they play these guys, they just lay a complete egg. Like, think about way back that Duclair hat trick. Those are some of the dog days of uh, the Yotes days. And, How about uh, Mike Condon letting in the one from center ice? Yeah, like that's another Ooh. example. The 8-5 game recently. Like, this was such a winnable game. I feel like, Martian, the Arizona Coyotes sensed the sense in this one. Like, is that accurate? That was Where'd the most that from? The title? <laughs> was that in the title i missed that too sorry okay, Ross. Great good, title good. Though. Great title, Ross. as usual you guys ready postcast senators waste two josh norris goals get sensed by the arizona coyotes it's honestly the perfect description thinking, it's the Thanks, perfect guys. description of what happened because anytime you out shoot a team 43 to what was it 14 that is ridiculous yeah that's 15 not- but that's the empty netter so Right, so we'll, we won't even count that one. That's a, that's a crazy difference right there. So, I mean, not exactly what you expect, but that's what getting sends is. You know, you, you don't always expect it, and that's what makes a sensing a sensing. So uh, it's, tough to, it's tough to see. It's hard not to say it's tough to see because it really is. Yes, let's get to the scoring summary real quick. We've gotten some feedback that some people listen to this the next morning. And if you haven't caught the game, we'll run through quickly the scoring summary and then well, we'll save the Sen Central standout a little bit later because there's more to dissect from this one. It started great. Josh Norris is 23rd of the year, not even three minutes in, and it's one nothing Ottawa. But five minutes later, Lawson Krause is 16th of the year. Sends abroad Alex Galchenyuk with an assist there. So same with Phil Kessel. And then not even a minute and a half later, Lawson Krause gets another one, this one on the power play. And then, hey, back to Josh Norris on the power play. So it's 2-2 after the first period, two for Lawson Krause. And two for Josh Norris. In the second, the only goal was, well, yeah, Lawson Krause once again gets the hat trick, a shorthanded goal. So that's a that's a hat trick scored three different ways for Lawson Krause. A shorty, a power play goal, and one at even strength. But the Senators did answer in the third period. Connor Brown from Kachuk and Zub, but it lasted a little bit longer than the tie game on Saturday. This time it was 16 seconds later that Nick Schmaltz finishes off a great pass from Clayton Keller. Arizona takes the lead and then Barrett Hayton into an empty net with 48 seconds left. Martian, I know it's a tough one when you outshoot your opponents almost by triple, almost triple in this one. Two shots less from that, but ultimately it's quantity over quality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you well, look no, at the it, other way around there, it was uh, the Yotes won with quality over quantity. I knew what you meant, though. I knew what you meant, Ross. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It, it was it was quality over quantity in this case um, because, you know, the, the goals that Arizona ended up scoring were were quality chances, two on ones and breakaways. 
And I know I'm, I'm seeing a lot of different, uh, you know, takes on Twitter as far as, you know, the goaltending and, and how big of a, you know, blame you want to give them on this one. But, I mean, anytime you have a, a 714 save percentage, that's that's tough. I mean, there's got to be one save there, and that's the difference, right? Uh, literally. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what to say about it, but uh, either way, um, it's, it's not a great, uh, not a great showing there. I think offensively uh, for the Suns, as far as the quality of the chances go, a lot of lot of good chances, but nothing like nothing like the ones you were seeing out of Arizona. No, but it wasn't maybe the quality chances like off the rush or off the. But they had a couple of scramble plays. Like how about yeah. Colin White just missing that little bit by an inch, and then Brady Kachuk putting the puck in the net by getting called for a cross check. Oh. If those go in, they swing the momentum all the way to the other side. The Yotes went 24 minutes without a shot on goal yeah. towards the end of the first through the middle of the second period. What? How is that even possible? in a situation where you end up scoring five in the game. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. But the worst part of it all is allowing a goal so soon after. As Ian Mendez put it so quaintly on Twitter, is there anything more disheartening than allowing a goal after you score when it's being announced in the arena? My answer is probably not. Shout out Daniel Alfredson. But in this game, it clearly ends up being the difference. How about doing it in back-to-back home games, Ross? <laughs> we saw it in Chicago, like you talked about. And Martian, I want to I wanna just quickly uh, talk about Gustafson's game here because, hey, you know us, goalie-friendly show. So yep. speaking, look at the Ottawa Senators. Look at Forsberg. He excels when he gets a lot of shots. I've been crying out for Gus to get in games. He finally gets into a game. And he gets no shots. Ross, you mentioned it. 24 minutes without a shot. He's just standing there trying to stay loose, trying to stay warm. And then, okay, here comes a shot. It's a breakaway. Okay, here comes a shot. Two-on-one opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, Really good point, Delta, yeah. When he's just trying to get warmed up and he hasn't even had a lot of opportunity to start in games. And people can say, well, backup goalies do it all the time, right? You should be able just to hop in a game if you're practicing. Usually it's veteran backup goalies who understand how to prepare and have built a career off being like, I'm going to keep myself fresh and ready uh, to not start for maybe one, two weeks even. But Gustafson is not at a point where he's probably comfortable doing that. So yet again, I just think it's a poor draw for Philip Gustafson and he just can't seem to catch a break. Yeah, and Pilsy, you don't see veteran backup goalies going up and down between the AHL and NHL exactly. either, yeah, right? another point so, too. Like, yep. That's just a whole other wrinkle in the whole idea of him having to jump into a game like this where, you're right, he's not getting a lot of shots. When you look at it that way, you, you really got to have a little sympathy for the guy because he's, when you really look at it, he's kind of getting dicked around by the organization the way they're treating him right now, right? Well, if you have that in the back of your head, any chance... Do you think we could see him play on Wednesday against the Columbus Blue Jackets? I don't know about you, Pilsy, but I've got my doubts. I think that they're going to go straight back to Forsberg now. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't have a great showing his last game either, right? So you want to make sure that he's he's getting his reps as well at this point. So back to back, to back on the weekend. So I'm sure he'll at least play either at home to Philly on Friday or in Montreal where Pilsy will have boots on the ground on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me what I'd want, Ross, I'd want to get Gus back in there right away. If you ask me what I think the Sens will do, they'll probably go to Forsberg. Yeah, Yeah. two different questions for sure. Yeah, Yeah, well, this is the postcast. This is for our hot takes. Forget what the team's going to do. I want to know what you would do. And people in the comments as well, some people are losing faith 
in Philly franchise. Certainly wasn't franchise altering play tonight. Um, but right now, I think it's just a case of nothing seems to be clicking at the same time. Their offense gets going. Their defense sucks. They get great goaltending. They can't score. The power play gets hot. They give up shorties at the, on the same to, at the same token. So the power play gets one tonight, sure, but then it gives one right back. So they just can't get all facets of their game going at the same time. And I hesitate to say that it's a coaching issue, but at some point you're looking at common denominators. And other than number 22 and number three still getting every single shift uh, on the back end, which I guess ultimately is a coaching decision at the end of the day, it's just, man, same old story, but just a few words different. It's like almost like you're plagiarizing the last game's playbook, but you're trying to pretend like it's your own work. But it ends up just being the same result right now, and it's an Ottawa Senators team. Pilsy said the record since playing against uh, since just against Arizona. Well, they've got three wins in their last 12 games. Like yeah. this, oh. this team flat out sucks. <laughs> yeah, like without I mean, without putting a sugar coat on it, like there's great individual performances. I thought Kachuk looked awesome tonight. I thought Josh Norris, obviously, he's doing his thing. 41 goals in 101 games. How are you? Uh, for the record, checked out Danny Heatley. He had 32 in his first 101 games. So all I'm saying when it comes to the team is, well, I mean, this is why they, the Leafs have never had any success. They have great players, great singular performances, but they can't have the cohesiveness that allows everything to fire on all cylinders. And for the Sens, they got to figure it out. And if they have a quiet trade deadline, I'm putting Pierre Dorian on the hot seat. Because how can you watch a team win three out of 12 games and just be like, no, no, we're good. Trust me, this 19-year-old defenseman we have coming up, he's going to change everything for us. Yeah, I mean, I have a question here, Ross. So at what point do the excuses for you, what point do they run out? No, they're done. You're done already? Because for me, it's yeah. I, I think I'm really looking at the Batherson return as like my Fair. stake in the ground for, okay, you know, Batherson's going to come back. They're going to do whatever they do at the trade deadline. And then from there on, this is a, it's a, that's like basically season 2.0 because at this point, there's no way they're making the playoffs. So they have to have a, a good run from that point to the end of the year. And I can come away from the season happy. If they continue to play the way they're playing right now and continue to lose the way they're losing in, in the ways you just mentioned, how like they can't get everything clicking at once, I'm with you there. I think 100% then the coaching needs to be looked at. But until he has his full personnel ready to go and, and the guys who are engaged or the guys who are playing for him are engaged because they know they're Ottawa Senators and they're going to be Ottawa Senators – then it's harder for me to give him all the blame because there's a lot of moving parts today. I know we haven't touched on it yet, but you know, Sanford and Zuber going at it mm-hmm. in, in practice, right? So maybe there's a lot of things bubbling over. I think Nick Paul's probably got a lot on his mind right right now. He hasn't been playing especially well. And you look at what a new contract can do for a guy. If you look at a guy like Nick Holden, right? He he turned into a different player all of a sudden once he got his contract. So I think that there's there's a lot of uh, emotions probably going on that maybe aren't all positive in the room right now. I think once that gets cleaned up, once they get Drake back, that stuff's going to change and, and hopefully the wins come with it. But I just have to say too, Vegas is getting roasted right now and rightfully so. I'm not hearing excuses that Mark Stone's been out of the lineup for the last two months. Like obviously they have more firepower. It's a different situation. But when you say Drake Batherson, like one player, everyone has one player out of the lineup. A good organization has depth that it doesn't matter. So I mean, the excuses are done. And uh, as Pillsy says his little thing right now, I'm, I'm going to write in a Brady Kachuk take because 
uh, a quote from after the game because I think it needs to be read rather than just yeah. regurgitated. Yeah, I would say for me, the point where the excuses run out is next season. Like you said, Martian, they're out of the playoffs this season. The injuries have been all over the COVID bad luck. And I know this team doesn't want to lean on injuries to point to their record yet again, being in the basement of the league here. But look, they got to have a big trade deadline. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Unfortunately, I'm getting a little nervous about that. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they can get done at the draft. I I'm hoping they can make a big off-season move to really try to make a push. And if they get some better health luck next season, like we've seen in brief stints when this team has been pretty much healthy, that they can pull it off. And even maybe they don't win all their games, but those games up against uh, Vegas, St. Louis, like those are good, solid games that they're just not quite quite finishing off yet. And they're still in a lot of games up against contending teams. So I have some faith here, but... Yeah, we're supposed to be in the years of unparalleled success, and we haven't seen a, a sniff of that success. No, I don't even know what it what it would look like. Sorry, I didn't like the way that pulled out here. I'm trying to get the Brady Kachuk quote out. All right, here we go. So Brady Kachuk after the game, if you're just listening, I'll, I'll read it here. Yeah, it's pretty small font. Anyways, on the fly producing. You can always look at the positives and what you did in the game, but I think everyone is sick and tired of losing, and I believe that echoes the fan base wholeheartedly. They won like six out of 10 games during one stretch this year. And everyone was getting the pom poms back out, ready to go, ready to fill the CTC. And now they've got what we call the easiest five game homestand you're ever (laughs) going to see in the NHL. And they've got one win in three games so far. And it's against a goddamn expansion team that everyone should be using. Barely beat them. They the should be using them the as a doormat of the league. Exactly. And right now, we're just getting a, an absolute showing to, to poor depth management and poor player personnel selection by the head coach. Because as I pull up um, the game sheet tonight, I guess they did figure it out with Zaitsev to an extent. He played only more than Josh Brown. So those were the two lowest time on ice tonight among Sens defensemen. But to me, 16 minutes of Zaitsev. Still too much, in my opinion. So I guess that that I can't complain too, too much about that. And they really did ride the big dogs tonight. Like the fourth line played seven minutes or less. All of them, Parker Kelly, Austin Watson, Dylan Gambrell. But just all in all, and I mean, tonight was probably one of their better efforts in in a long time from that standpoint. But it just not going in. Again, finding new ways to lose. And it's just getting infuriating. And at some point, you need change just for the sake of change. And I forget who it was, but there's a, a famous GM. Even when they were winning, maybe it was Lou Lamorello in New Jersey. You still have to change two or three pieces just to not even keep everyone on their toes, but just to keep everyone in engaged. And the Sens' biggest move this year was what? Dylan Gambrell bringing him in for a seventh? Yeah. And getting guys off of waivers? And the biggest other move is getting uh, Zach Sanford. Like, they've done nothing with this roster. They've just watched it implode right in front of their eyes and done absolutely zero about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's the kind of thing, like, uh, a veteran GM can get away with doing that, right? Like, but I guess maybe Pierre and and the the staff are a little nervous. Like, are they going to 
do something big right now and and then shake things up and not know exactly what they have. So I think they're really taking their time evaluating each and every player and every piece of the team and seeing how it all comes together. But you're absolutely right that it's not working the way it is right now. So the time is definitely now to to create that shakeup. But I, I completely agree that these, you know, they they need to be kept on their toes. These guys, maybe they're they're not feel they're feeling too safe, if you will. Like maybe they're you know, they, they're not worried about getting traded or they're not worried about being benched or, they're you know, they're one of DJ's go-to guys, so they're not worried about their game as much as a guy maybe should be. Um, it's not bringing the best out of them, I don't think. That's for sure. No, it's brutal. And then we did see our fir- the first trade leading up to deadline. We'll get more into it on Locked On Senators tomorrow. Again, appreciate everyone in the postcast after each and every Ottawa Senators game. Great turnout despite a brutal result and what was that Pilsy? one win in the last eight games against the goddamn coyotes yep that's it <laughs> yikes as i was saying though a uh, trade in the nhl to report on and it's a pending ufa who i think would look good in ottawa apparently he didn't want to waive his no move clause to go to toronto which makes me want him even more but i wonder if that means he doesn't want to come to canada at all josh manson traded from anaheim to colorado in exchange oh. for a pretty well sought after prospect he played on uh, the U.S. World Junior Team, Drew Hellison. He was like a 40th pick in the 2019 draft. And then a, another second-round pick. So two second-round picks for a rental. To me, that signifies a seller's market. And if that's the case, anybody should be on the table. Like, I mean, maybe not anyone. I'm getting a little carried away. But anyone who you do not think is going to be a part of the future, two, three, four years down the road, yeah, get them out of here. Just make some it- changes. Isn't it funny? You, I mean, you guys were talking about it today, I'm sure, at, across all stations and anyone who talks about the Sens were probably talking about how Dorian was saying the phone's not ringing off the hook. Well, Pierre, you know the phone works two ways, eh, buddy? Like you can pick, <laughs> yeah, you can no pick kidding. It, you can pick it up and make a call yourself and make something happen. Don't let the trades come to you because how often is a guy calling you with a, an offer that's going to benefit you more than him? Right. You know, come up with some stuff. Start talking to some guys. I don't like the quote. Again, he, he comes across in the like. I'm sure he's making calls, and I, I gotta hope to God that he's making some calls himself. But I mean, if it, using the quote in the media saying, you know, my phone's not ringing off the hook, call me. Like, I don't know, Pierre. Like, you're gonna have to change your appearance if you want to get that many phone calls. I think, buddy. Yeah, and I'm just glad that Josh Manson trade happened because at least now. A market is setting like you said ross it seems like sellers they can acquire good value in return because sometimes all it takes is one trade and now other teams like the leafs that were looking at josh manson now they're starting to panic they're like okay he's off the market we got to go to our second guy gotta get sites up <laughs> yeah exactly josh brown absolutely must have but this is the kind of thing where then you're like we can't waste any time here and we're going to up an offer so that we don't have to compete with other offers and we're just going to dive in here so hopefully teams that are desperate for uh great players like zach sanford like chris tierney <laughs> like josh brown they're going to be uh, chomping at the bit to be calling beer dorian's phone so he doesn't have to work too hard and call them no he just gets all the players agents to make all the calls yeah for him. exactly <laughs> hey Mete, you got your agent yeah can you just get him to make a trade for you i am too busy yeah. yeah, uh boys, we're getting clowned by the Arizona Coyotes on Twitter. Kevin dropping the soup. They've got a big W in front of the soup and That's the Sens good. logo over Kevin's face. When you're getting trolled by the Coyotes, you should make a trade just just because of that, honestly. Like that means that you simply aren't good enough. The Sens allowed 13 goals in two games against the Arizona Coyotes. Lawson Krauss got a hat trick, Ross. I know. 
So a hat trick for Lawson Coast tonight, seven points for Nick Schmaltz yeah. in Arizona. Like, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, like, I wish I, I wish I had more eloquent words to say. I wish I could tell everyone watching that everything's going to be okay. But right now, until I see changes, I'm not expecting different results. Don't let the Yotes get hot. I mean, seven wins in the last 10. They're already hot. They're smoking hot. The Desert Dogs. And they beat some good teams in there, too. Dallas, Los Angeles. Uh, sorry, lost to LA. Sorry, wins against Dallas, Vegas, Colorado, Ottawa, Detroit, Toronto, and Ottawa once again. So, I mean, they're playing Montreal tomorrow. Let's hope that they dummy them. But, oh, yeah, true, Derek. It was chilly. I said drop the soup. Maybe it's because I'm hungry. I want some soup. That being said, man, yeah, first career Hattie for uh, for been perfect Crow. time for a built bar ad right there. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, we got built bar coming up tomorrow, though. I'm sure. That being said, only game tonight in the National Hockey League. Let's wrap up with some Sen Central standouts. Let us know in the comments. There's one clear standout, but beyond that, put in the comments. Let's hear who you think was the biggest Sen Central standout in tonight's game. Pilsy, you're back in your home studio. Let's make you feel right at home and lead us off. Well, I thank you. I, I'm glad for that opportunity. And look, Ross, you mentioned... Uh, you're uh, welcome, yeah. Pilsy. It's because you picked such a great title, getting sensed. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Sometimes you tune out what I'm saying. Sometimes I tune out your titles. I think it, it goes both ways. Right? All right, all right. Um, but <laughs> I'm very glad to have the first pick here because I'm going with the captain. And he he wears his heart on his sleeve. He doesn't bullshit the media with uh, a cliche quote. He just says it like it is. And nine shots for Brady Kachuk tonight. Three hits. hits. He had that huge hit on Nick Schmaltz. Open ice hit. Knocked him right down. You love to see Brady get physical like that. And then two assists. The passing for Brady Kachuk continues to get better. That uh, Josh Norris, he's finally realizing, hey, Brady can do more than just muck it up in front of the net. If I get open, he'll find me. And... Uh, those two, they're best friends. It works out. Is Brady Kachuk a playmaker? Yeah, I mean, if you look at his career historically, yeah, I mean, he's played with I mean, Josh Norris for so with Josh long. Norris, you kind of have to be, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think I think he, he gets overlooked. I think with his passing ability, for sure, it's not something that everybody brings up. Well, people brought up the lack of goal scoring in his only college season. Remember what was it? I'm pulling out. He had eight goals eight in goals. 40 games, but he had 23 posts, though. Remember? Yeah, he had 23 assists though in that season as well. And if you go back to his years at the national team development program, more assists than goals in both seasons, and that's including 25 goals in the second year of it. So, I mean, 129 pims too. This guy's a mutant. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that's a great now. He's over 100 this year uh, already. Easily. My mom's actually rattled because she said that uh, whenever Brady takes penalties, she goes, here's a question I want answered. <laughs> of, on how many penalties this season for Kachuk, how many have been scored on, and how many of those games did we lose by a goal? I think she's onto something. I, I feel like I can remember a lot of those times when oh, don't read this stu- Don't read this stat to, to Kachuk. That'll no. sell her. That would rattle him hard. He, he, he was mad. Did you see him on the bench? He didn't want to get up. He was just sitting there after the game. And I don't blame him, man. They worked their, their tails off tonight. They had 45 sh- 43 shots on goal. And that top line was every bit what you'd expect. Brady had nine shots tonight on goal. Three hits. And he's just deserved a better fate. Same with the next guy who I'll let you take there, uh, Martian, if you want to get the low-hanging fruit here for our second central standout. 
I do want to take the low hanging fruit because it's uh, it's certified sniper time, and that's Josh Norris. Because for the first half of this game, he was the reason that you know we were we were excited about the. I think I think everybody can agree it was an exciting game to watch. Uh, I know it was the only game on the NHL schedule, but I think Josh Norris had a huge hand in that. And uh, you know, it's really fun watching him now beat goalies clean with no screen like on a regular game basis and you can only do that if you have an elite nhl shot and obviously that's what josh norris has so it's really fun that he's doing this already at 22 years old and uh I, and we've been talking about it and there's there's definitely no not going to be any surprise if in his young career he hits 50 goals at some point he's going to hit 30 probably this year missing 15 games oh yeah he will yeah, I mean, he's on pace for 40. He's got 24, so he needs six more, and how many more games? It's going to be easy. He might hit 40. I mean, uh, well, let's maybe not go that far, but 35. Wait, what do you put over-under at, 33, 34? I'd say 33 would be a great over-under, I think. 33.5 would probably be yep. exactly where they set that line. Yeah, yeah, man, he, he's unbelievable. And how about the extra little something he gave to Lawson Krauss? Uh, or sorry, uh, to Nick Ritchie, who was in the penalty box on his power play goal. He gave him the little wave, said, yeah, you you can come out now if you want. Nick Ritchie sucks, eh? I love that celebration. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I, – I can't believe I didn't bring that up. That that come on out of the box celebration is – why hasn't more – why haven't more players done that? Like, it's happened once uh I remember it notably. a long time ago. It was Kovalchuk, and um, it was Kovalchuk yes. with Crosby Kovalchuk in the with box. Crosby. Yeah, so they, they, they did it back and forth. Yep, yep. So there's Josh Norris giving him the wave, and then this is just the saddest photo you'll ever see. Nick, <laughs> Nick Ritchie just being told, hey, buddy, come on out. Come on okay. out. You're allowed to come out. And then he took another bad penalty later in the game. Oh. Ottawa couldn't capitalize on that. He just decided to tackle someone in, in center ice for absolutely no reason. But Lawson Krause earns them the win tonight. Nick Schmaltz gets another one because why not? Why not just make it eight points in two games against Ottawa for him? Did he get any more apples? Uh, nope, nope. But they did have one from Alex Galchenyuk, which is a blast from the past. Uh, I'll just wrap up with that line. I'll say Connor Brown will be my central standout. He extends his point streak to four games, gets a nice goal. I called it Lower Town Connor Brown because we know we call him Downtown and shout out Shawarma Palace and all the other great spots there in Lower Town. <laughs> On, uh, on no and off Burrito Street, no no free ads either. But I thought that top line was certainly worth the price of admission tonight. They generated a lot of the offense for Ottawa as well. Connor Brown with three shots on goal, which brings the line's total to 17 shots for wow. those three guys, which would be three more than the entire Arizona Coyotes had. So, I mean, that, that pretty much tells you what you need to know about uh, how this game, the ebbs and flows went. But in the end, it's a... No points loss and Pilsy, we might have to break out the tankathon on tomorrow's show. No, not yet, not yet. But I mean, it's yeah. close. And Ross, just another point to add on to your Connor Brown standout. How about that pass he made to Brady that on the goal that got disallowed through oh, Wedgwood's legs, yeah. right on the tape? Like it's too bad a, a kind of lame cross-checking call puts that goal out. Like, sure, it was a cross-check, but I think that. That guy who he, whoever it was, fell down pretty damn easy. Mm-hmm. If you ask Stand me. your feet, kid. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to add that pass by Connor Brown because seeing the replay of that was pretty incredible. Hundred percent. So tonight, Philip Gustafson made ten saves. Um, Whoops. Yeah, yeah, ten saves tonight for Philip Gustafson on fourteen shots 
against. Uh, the Coyotes have 15. They go one for one on the empty net that did just a little bit better save percentage-wise, or sorry, just a little worse than uh, than Gus did. But I do want to see Gus back in, and I thought you made a fair point that it's tough when you go 24 minutes not in net, and then all of a sudden it's a breakaway. All of a sudden it's a two-on-one. And unfortunate. And then that, that Keller pass was money uh, for, for Schmaltz. Not much you can do there, except not allow it to develop in the first place 12, 16 seconds, 16 seconds after the goal. So a tough night for the Ottawa Senators, but they get to continue their homestand on Wednesday. Uh, we'll go with Martian first. Your final thoughts on tonight's game. It's tough to summarize a game where you really expect them to win and they and they kind of do everything that they should be able to do to win. And then and then they're they're let down by a few really bad defensive breakdowns. Um, I think that's probably, I guess, what my summary would be is, is I think that they played well enough to win. I feel like they definitely deserve to win. I've seen that deserve to win meter online. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you guys have seen that. Fancy stat. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So that's that's an advanced stat thing. So I don't I don't pay overly too much attention to it, although I do somewhat pay attention to that stuff. Uh, they would have been high on that deserve to win meter I think, tonight, boys. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, uh, the outcome wasn't there. And I, what I will say, too, is um, if they're going to lose a game this way, I'd rather it be this season than next season. I hope they remember this game forever. I hope it's like core memory unlocked. You know that, you know how they mm-hmm. say that. So I hope that's, I hope that these guys can always look at this game and think about the way they feel right now. And I'm sure it's, it's really shitty, but I hope that they remember it so that they don't ever have to try to feel it ever again, because um, this is the kind of game that, that really sucks. Like that is a crappy Arizona team boys. Yep. Pilsy, any final thoughts? I mean, Ross, I said it today and again, I feel responsible for mushing this team and I lost a chunk of money live betting this team i'll add that in there but when we looked at the lines ross i was like this has to be one of the most underwhelming rosters we've seen in years and we're Sens fans like and then they're able to win eight five and uh five three on the year biz must be smiling somewhere yeah he gave uh, a little pot shot to martian in the in the comments that that hurt come at me biz and that i love it bring it on (laughs) All right, good stuff. We'll save some for tomorrow's Locked On Senders. We'll react again to the trade today that sent Josh Manson to Colorado and what it could mean for the market now six days as we're nearing midnight, almost six days away from the NHL trade deadline. We'll wrap up this Senators game. Belleville's in action on Tuesday, so we'll preview that as well. Really appreciate everyone joining us in the postcast chat, especially after such a brutal game where you dominate they outshoot them 43 to 15, yet lose 5-3. For Atlalim's Martian and Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast, where we've got your team every day.